and welcome to the Truth From Ruth podcast with me, your host, Ruth Ross. Hello, lovely people, and welcome back to episode four. I know, episode four already. The weeks are flying by. I hope you're all all right and are keeping healthy and safe. Thank you again for all the positive feedback and messages I've been getting about this. Um, It really means a lot and encourages me to share, I guess, and just, just know that this has been the right thing to do. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it, as said. It was my birthday on Monday, so it was it was chilled through the day. I'd went to ABBA Voyage on the Sunday night, which was incredible. Now, obviously, you have to like ABBA to go to this, but I would highly recommend. I had to wipe, like, rub my eyes. I'm like, is that, are they real? Are they actually there? But of course, they weren't there. But it's so realistic, it's unreal. That was cool. And yeah, feel very loved and had lots of nice chats with all my friends and family. I don't know if this is a common thing or not, but I, I'm always super emotional on my birthday. Always. Like if I, I didn't really notice before, but then I've started to be aware of this the last few years. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm not really sure where the emotion comes from, but I, every every birthday I feel very like tearful and... It's not nice. It's not like I'm unhappy. Like it's not about age or anything like that. Um, I got counselling last year, and I spoke to the lady about it, and she was saying that um, sometimes you know you can be overwhelmed and be stressed and cry because of that, but also you can be overwhelmed because of like love and stuff. Which I, I don't. I mean that sounds a bit soppy, but I suppose that could be true I guess but um yeah so I was a bit emotional on my birthday but I had a lovely day I had a lovely night with uh, it was a Monday so it was like chilled um as I said so no I was really good and another year older another year of being on this planet so feeling very grateful maybe another year wiser as well who knows (laughs) Uh, right let's start the podcast welcome to episode four This week I wanted to talk about body image and misconceptions that we may have towards people who have eating disorders and what that looks like. I have thought a lot about what I want to share in this space and there are pivotal moments throughout my journey that I've I've decided to talk about because there were things that shifted the direction a little bit or made me think more about stuff and and break things down so I wanted to talk to the audience about that today and just to be clear as well I know there's a massive stigma around males and non-binary people also having eating disorders and having issues with mental health and I want just to confirm as well like this is a space for everybody this is for anybody who needs this and I know that it maybe doesn't get talked about as much it's it's maybe something that's shared more 
with females but it's um, obviously we've still got a long way to go as well but this space is for everybody or anybody who needs it. Last time we spoke about me finally going to the GP and being sort of scared but going and getting help and after coming out of the six weeks I still felt really sort of stranded and I just thought what am I going to do now and I have to say it did get worse before it got better. I think that was due to that winter possibly because it was a really, um, it was bad that year for snow so a lot of people were like stuck in their houses. There was cars getting stuck on hills, like you couldn't really go on a walk because honestly the snow was just like never ending. Um, so that didn't help me because I felt isolated in the house. Uh, college was off and it was just trying to manage everything because before I really just had my part-time job and then I had the, the I could be full-time sort of working on my body and my what I was eating and calorie counting and writing everything down and exercising and I could spend my whole day doing that but then when you have to try and balance life with like college work that you've to hand in, uh, I had a boyfriend at the time um, you're trying to go out with your friends, you're trying to like look normal and act normal on the outside and look like you've got your stuff together, you know, put on that face. Um, I just found it really overwhelming, just trying to balance more plates and so I really struggled the first year of my HND. Um, my mum and dad knew by this time, my sister knew, I think my partner knew, so there was like four people who knew at least, so I wasn't as alone. And then obviously the GP and the counsellor, I'd spoke to them. So that was a bit better. And my mum started, so like I learned some things that would help me, like exercise really helped. But I think, obviously in the beginning I used to do it to, to lose weight and stuff, but I think even now I realise that um, moving my body, um, whether it's a walk or a jog or a class or something like that, like it genuinely makes me feel better. And I do it for my mental health as well as like feeling fit and stuff. So um, anyway, my mum knew that. So like some when she would recognise I was like maybe struggling a bit, she'd be like, come on Ruth. And you know, these are the things that help you. So it was nice to have that support and I yeah so first year was a bit of a struggle but then um second year I got on a much better I think I just managed to have coping mechanisms and I was able to just feel more in control uh, and I really enjoyed the second year of uni uh, college sorry and then I decided to apply to university I wasn't planning on going but I still didn't really know what I wanted to do so I applied to uh, Harriet Watt and it was a third year I would be going into the BA directly so I thought oh that would be amazing if I got in and I applied and I got in and I decided because I really like business uh, and the college course I wasn't I thought I could maybe be a designer because I love doing fashion illustrations I, do, I sort of drew them since I was a child but then I learned at college I just was hopeless at sewing. It was hellish. I mean, sometimes you, you really do try and fit into <laughs> what you think might be what you want to do, but I was terrible at sewing. So that was that was good in a way, because I was like, right, I can't do that. Uh, but then I really liked the idea of this course at uni because it was sort of still creative and it would have been working like putting magazines together and 
uh, photography and I kind of put performance and drama on the back burner at this time. I think I just had too much going on. I would try and do uh, volunteering like costume, this costume project, uh, there was a film getting made locally and I was like oh maybe I can do the costume but organisation is key with these jobs and I just was finding it quite boring so I just kind of thought, you know, in the back of my head I was like I would really love to perform again but I just kind of put that at the back and tried to focus on what I was doing which was um, fashion and uh, drawing and stuff like that and then I got into uni so that was a mass massive confidence booster and this time I wasn't going to be on my own because there were some other people from my class going down to the borders to study and it was a bit daunting like obviously if you're going into a class uh, I knew some people from as I say the course but it's still daunting you're going into a new classroom and you're just trying to find your feet. This was the first time I lived on my own, so I live with two other girls. Um, just a little side note, a little tip. Uh, when we were trying to look for a flat, we were kind of pressured to find somewhere um, just within the time frame. And I remember walking into that flat and really not liking it, and we ended up going with that one for some reason. And that's just a little tip. If you walk in somewhere and you don't get a good feeling, then never move into it. Because I ended up hating that flat and I had no heating. And I spent most of my time under a blanket with a little electric heater that cost a fortune for electricity. So, yeah, didn't like that. I didn't have a living room either. So it was just like everybody had their bedroom and there was no really anywhere to socialise. There was a little bit of... I know, I, I don't know, I just tried my best to like fit into the class and... Um, it was just trying to like pretend that I knew stuff that maybe I didn't feel as confident in and there was a lot of sort of I've done this and I've done this and I've, I've done that and do you know them and it was a lot of that and I just was like it would roll my eyes a lot like oh um I just I just wanted to continue doing the creative subject I didn't want to have to deal with all the other rubbish that comes with the, sub the subject you know like all the bullshit and all the trying to show off and sort of one up each other and I just couldn't be bothered with all that if it was just if it was just me sitting in a little room drawing fashion illustrations and making collages and doing photography and putting together publications like I would have been happy doing that because you know, I was in my flow and stuff, but it was all the other rubbish that came along with it. So, I mean, overall, third year was fine, though. It was good fun. Um, I did feel the 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 leader of the course, the head, was, um, I don't know, I didn't get a really good vibe from her. Like, I don't know. She just always, like, kind of look at me funny. She had kind of a cold, um, a cold sort of all around her and she, I think she sort of had her favourites in the class and whatever so you know the things I was producing wasn't maybe her style and I kind of felt that but I had like loads of friends around me and we, I was distracted by all that stuff just settling into a new area. I had a part-time job and I was balancing uni and then my boyfriend would come down every two weeks with my dog sometimes and yeah, I was enjoying living alone, like there, I think I'm still quite social in third year, so I, I enjoyed that. 
and I, and I managed. And then I spent the summer in the States at the Duncamp America, which was like a wonderful, amazing experience. And then I was kind of, I don't know, I was I came back, we were told to do a lot of research and things through the summer for our fourth year honours project. And um, I was really confident with the work I had produced. And I came back, obviously I was on a downer because you've came back for like an amazing summer away and exploring and doing travelling and things like that. And I was, most people were taking uni more serious by fourth year obviously because they were trying to get their honours degree. A lot of people had moved away. Um, some had left completely. I started to not really get on with the girls I was living with. And I decided to leave my job because this would be the first time I didn't have a part-time job. But I thought, you know, I'll be fine because I'll be able to focus a lot more on my course. There's going to be a lot of coursework. And for fear it was a, a, a real struggle. Um, by this time, I just felt really isolated. I didn't... Sometimes I'd go days without seeing anybody because we wouldn't always have to go into class for our studies. And when I would go in, I don't know, I just got a bad vibe for a teacher and I just always th thought she'd just, I don't know, it was maybe a bit of snobbery or maybe the way I spoke or I don't know, I just never got a really good, like I didn't feel welcome in the class and I tried my best, like I remember I'd been like, um, you know, the next Joe Bloggs or something. And I remember having to like Google who Joe Bloggs was because Joe Bloggs is just obviously like a, a John Smith. Like she's just doing it as an example. But I was so out, my, I felt so out my depth. I was like, oh my God, I need to catch up so much. Like, I don't know who these people are. And um, people would talk about designers and collections. And I just wanted to draw. And I'm just, I didn't know what I have to force myself to do all that stuff. And the work I'd produced in the summer I was really proud of, like I felt like I was really good at photography and um, I was just sort of disappointed when it was, you know, not going to be able to be used and um, I think there was just a mixture, I just, I, I, I was wanting to leave, I think I wanted to leave, I did want to leave uni in third year but I thought, oh it'd be better if I got an honours degree, uh, again not listening to my gut and not knowing exactly where I wanted to go. So I'd kind of procrastinate making a decision. So therefore I thought I'll just go back to uh, do another year at uni. And a lot of people were managing and I think seemed to be studying a lot and things and I just found it really hard to concentrate. I think because every time I would go in to show her my work, I would, it would just always get criticised and it wasn't her style and then it would just shatter my confidence more and that would stress me out and then I would just be desperate to get home. Like I just couldn't wait to get home to my room every day. I would make it out. Like sometimes, as I say, I wouldn't see anybody but... If I had to go into the course, I'd I'd do sort of the minimal, spend the minimal time there and be desperate to go back. And then 
binge eating got quite bad for me at this time, so uh, bulimia did come back again, uh, but it was mixed with sort of binge eating as well, and um, I would spend days upon days upon days just in my room with like series like Biggest Loser or like other sort of series of things, diet programs and stuff, and then I would go down to Tesco and buy food and then come home and eat it and then binge and then purge and then I would um it was like a food hangover so um like a alcohol hangover you know you get a sore head and you feel sluggish and you feel um dehydrated and I just I was in like deep sort of cycles I think because I didn't have anybody around to break me out of it so if I'd had that before, obviously I was seeing like my parents or I was seeing my boyfriend or I would be visiting like my gran or, you know, I'd have friends come in to visit or I'd be going to see them and I think because I was on my own, I didn't really have anybody to come and say like, you know, you need to be up and ready for this. Uh, and as I say, I stopped going to uni a lot of the time because it was just the worry of me finally getting in there and then I just couldn't cope with the criticism, I think I would be able to handle the the direction or the um, the feedback better now, but I was so fragile again and I was so um, self-conscious and, you know, I loved fashion, like, in terms of, I loved wearing clothes and dressing up and styling myself, but by this time I just would want to wear, like, if I could wear a, a bag over me, I would, um, just because I was so self, getting so self-conscious and I wasn't looking like the images that was around me or looking like people who were at the uni. Um, I, there was no, no, there wasn't really body positivity like there is now uh, with different shapes and people wearing like beautiful clothing no matter what size they are and it was all just one way to be and um, People like I don't know. I, I don't think anybody really directly like called me names or anything, but uh, I just would feel like you know, like that feeling of like people looking you up and down. I just feel that all the time, and I remember getting the comment again, like, "Oh, you've got a really pretty face," which don't don't say that to anybody because that's an insult. Saying you've got a pretty face is like your face is pretty but the rest of you is a mess or the rest of you is not good and I hear that comment being thrown around all the time and I think that's just just keep it to yourself like if you think somebody's pretty you're not doing them a favour by saying you've got a pretty face because you're saying that they're, the rest of them's not alright if you think somebody's gorgeous then just say oh you're you know as I say I don't know I'm no huge on compliment like I love complimenting people but I don't know I'm cautious with sort of always been about looks but you know it's there's other other things to say to compliment someone um and yeah I think I struggled to do my work because I just it was like it, the food would numb me and then I would be really tired, like I couldn't keep my eyes open because of all the sugar and all the salt and all the the carbs or whatever it is. So then that would just like exhaust me. So I wouldn't be able to focus. And um, 
I would be struggling with my work and I felt like because I went into that uni in third year there would have been student support and stuff but I just didn't really feel like I was part of the I didn't feel I was valid enough to be part of that uni and the support. I mean, you know, all unis have got the student support and things, but I just, one, I felt embarrassed. Like, what am I supposed to say that I've got an eating disorder again that's really bad? Like, people, I thought, people look at me and say, she's not got an eating disorder because we've all got an image, or at least I th thought we had an image of, like, what an bulimic person or anorexic person looks like. Um, anorexia is obviously more obvious, but with bulimia and binge eating um you know I thought even with bulimia everybody was like stick thin with that but it's not the case you know I've learned a lot as times went on a lot of the time people are normal size or they're maybe even a bit overweight and there's like a, a stigma around you know not even qualifying not even feeling like you qualify to to be worthy enough of having an eating disorder and getting help because you don't look the way in your head that you think you should be looking um, so there's a bit of shame around that and embarrassment as well um, and I would obviously like have the, the best intentions to get up the next day and go out and maybe go and study in the library because at least I'd be around people but I just there's no point because I would go all the way in there I would just hate being in the space and then I would just it would just sort of trigger me to want to come home anyway and eat and so I stopped wanting to go in even to the library and um, I think in like looking back what really would have helped me because I, I couldn't have changed the um, you know the, the, the lack of people being around the area um, when I was working in the little part-time job there were some lovely people I met from the, the borders who were so kind and I still keep in touch with some of them now and I don't think there was the option to do like I, I, I think I've done it more in third year like I definitely would meet up sometimes with, with people from my work and I'd be invited to like the odd night out and things but um, overall I would I would feel like lonely a lot and I think maybe like now I've learned about myself it's really important for me to um, be around people and be social and uh, even when I don't feel like it it's really good for me to just get my clothes on and um, my trainers on or whatever it is and, and go and meet somebody but I just was stuck for ideas because the only really classes I thought I could maybe go to down there was like either a weight loss class or a fitness class and you know if I wasn't in the mood to do that it was just like I'm just gonna stay in it's getting colder now it's dark I'm just gonna stay in my room again and then it would be another cycle however many days of me just being in my room and I wish now I maybe looked a bit more for like a something that wasn't related to exercise and diet uh, maybe like if the community had a um, I don't know if they had like a craft class or I don't know just something that was unrelated to body body stuff or you know something totally not not related to my uni work or fashion but just something like quite therapeutic that I could maybe go to and it was a totally different group maybe like a choir or I don't know just something that was different that I could have um, met other people in and and tried to build like a little circle outside uni and um 
but yeah it's easier said than done it's, it's difficult when you're in the the cycle but I think that would have been something I, if I had the knowledge I do now I would have tried to do that and just as a little tip as well um mental health really likes isolation so it likes when you're it likes when you're sort of secretive and you are you're letting it sort of take over because it's able to hold hold you more if you do that um as I've as I've got older I've I have joined um different classes that could be sort of singing or drama comedy uh, life drawing classes and they've been so beneficial for me because if I've had a day where I'm feeling like okay that's the thing as well just so our brains sometimes you have to do the opposite of what your brain wants you to do for example just say I've had a day where I'm feeling really stressed and I'm procrastinating procrastinating is a whole other issue and another topic or we'll talk about that another time um but just say I feel like I've had a um a difficult day but I know I've got a class that starts at seven I know now that even if I couldn't think of anything worse than to go to that class I will make myself go to that class and I will always feel much better for it because it, it makes you physically get up. It makes you get, you know, I've maybe already got clothes on, but it makes you get dressed properly. It makes you get ready. It gets you out of the door, into the fresh air. You're in a whole new environment. You're having to chat to people. You are focusing on, on what's happening in the moment. And by the time you come, and, and you feel more alive, you're like, yes, I'm living, I'm living because I'm out and I'm doing stuff and I'm meeting people and um, trying new things and like I've achieved something because I've came out and experienced this new thing and I know what the opposite of that would be, which would be in the house and maybe like lying and watching TV and and feeling like it's just a samey thing that we all do and um, but by me doing the opposite of what my brain wants to do my brain just wants to say to you like no it's fine just just stay in because it's getting colder now and it's you know you can just like chill here and you can catch up with your program and whatever it is or oh you really should be tidying that drawer or whatever it does to encourage obviously it's part of you but whatever that little voice is saying to you like no just stay in and don't do it you have to do the opposite of what it's asking you to do because the opposite thing is the the that's like gonna be better for you so instead of staying in I was like no I'm gonna go out because I've got this this group booked for seven o'clock I need to get out I need to get dressed I need to get on the tube I need to be out in the fresh air I need to meet all these lovely people and have a chat and because I've done that I've learned this this and this and I smiled and I laughed and I feel ready to go on to the next day and it's just making life a bit more interesting there's a bit more variety you're learning more with the you're, you're making your experiences um better and that's what I do obviously it's not the same for everybody that's just an example like try when your brain tries to 
pull you in and go back to the old habits. Try and push against that a little bit. Because it's all these little things that break habits, break habit loops. So if you do something that you had planned before, but then your your brain comes in and wants to put its, its brakes on and say, no, 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 you're better not to do that. You have to go against what it's saying um, because it breaks that old habit loop and you're you're creating a new one by having this reaction. So when this happens again later on, if you're saying... Um, Oh, I was want to go to that, but now I just oh, I'll just I'm gonna go it later. You can recognise that. No, no, this is just something that happened. This has happened before, but I know that if I do get ready and I do go out to that event or appointment or whatever it is you've got booked, that it will benefit me, and you because you can refer it back to the times that you've done it before. So it's all a, all these little habit stackers that you build up and it's changing like the narrative it just makes life a bit more colorful as well and um if we are always in default mode so if we keep repeating the same things all the time then of course that's what our brains and our bodies is going to try and look for just to keep repeating 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 um but then when you start breaking that uh, it not only makes you feel more alive, uh, it also gives you confidence in yourself that you, you can go another direction. And you can feel proud of yourself for doing that. I always feel proud of myself. And everybody's setup's different. So your setup might be that, you know, you don't you can't go out in the evening because you've maybe got children or um maybe your setup doesn't allow that, but it's just about sitting and being creative with what else you can do. Um, we can all make excuses why we can't do X, Y and Z and and that's fine but you know we can make things happen. We just have to maybe sit and pan out what, what habits keep reoccurring and what struggles you seem to keep repeating all the time, you know, so just having it all out there and then saying, right, on a Tuesday, this always seems to be a trigger for me because, I don't know, I'm, I'm usually like alone on a Tuesday or I'm usually um, stressed because of this on a Tuesday or it's just about sitting back and trying to, trying to look at what things have made you um, relapse or... or um, go to your default mode and it's just about awareness really as well I think we we do things automatically so that you're like something can trigger you like an uncomfortable feeling so it could be anger frustration loneliness sadness embarrassment um, there's so many different emotions and then your default for say stress is always going to the cupboards and eating biscuits or going and having a vape or having a wine or whatever it is um, because as humans you know it's, it's we don't always we're not taught how to deal with well some of us are not taught how to deal with 
uncomfortable emotions. So we always try and like suppress that by using something to replace that emotion to either comfort us or distract us. Um, and sometimes, like when I was learning about all this, um, it's like this thing comes over you. So just say like, um, you know, going back to uni or, or when I've been stressed or feeling uncomfortable or um, not adequate enough, um, low self-esteem and things like that. I would um, uh, go to my default mode without even realising it. So someone would trigger me, I would then be somehow back to square one on my bed like feeling really sick and feeling really like exhausted because I've just had a massive binge and I'm like how have, how is that happened but it's in these times that are well it's, when this has happened what we want to do is just to forget about it and and hope it doesn't happen again I mean that was certainly the case for me uh, and then there's a huge overwhelming guilt because I've got this body that works and I've been given this body and mind and you know I'm healthy and I am punishing my body and I just feel so guilty about what I've done and I think I'm so, I do you know I've said myself like I'm so sorry I started to do that as the recovery started to kick in I just be like I'm so 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 sorry um because you for me it was like well there's people who have got you know other illnesses or I'm lucky to be alive and I'm lucky to be in this world and why do I keep doing this to myself so there was a time where maybe in the beginning it was like a punishment because I hated myself so much but then as time go went on I grew more self-love and it would then be like a a sadness and a guilt and just uh you know I'm just saying like so sorry to myself like um because I don't I didn't want to do it um and things that I think helped which is really hard you know it's really hard because as I say when this happens you want to let you just want to forget it happened and you want to promise yourself the next day you're gonna you're not gonna do this again and you're gonna eat healthily and you're gonna nourish your body and you're gonna be kind and you're gonna treat it with the respect it deserves. But this is a crucial time that you need to write down what's happened. And I know, I know it's hard because you, you do just want to hide your head under the covers and, and go to sleep and then wake up the next day and it not have happened, but it has happened. And so you really need to get into the habit of writing things down. As mentioned before, you know, backtracking a bit because that's the only way you're going to learn what to look out for going forward by writing down it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a, a relapse again but it will help you have a better understanding of what what has went wrong there I would then get used to like this this and this is a trigger for me so I need to be super aware because whenever we drop our awareness that is when the little 
devil will come in and then that, you know we that is us it's us so I always say like I was sort of explain it as like the little devil but I think you have to like learn how to work together with, with that side of your body because I think if you push against it and like go away and piss off you know all that and just go away why you came back again kind of thing then it creates this push and pull relationship with and it's you it's it needs nurtured more than aggression so it helps to just sit and be thinking right okay I could see that that really makes you feel anxious and I know that it seems every time you visit that that space or whatever it is that you you feel a certain way so let's think about that what what do you think you know it's questioning yourself all the time like why do you think you feel like that why why is that triggered you and it's it's constantly like trying to review why things are making you feel a certain way and it is tricky but it's it's essential And you will get there. Now, it's not easy because you have to go against what's comfortable. It's constantly going at your comfort zone. It's like a theory. I have to sit with this emotion rather than covering it up with food. Because that makes me... F- you know, there's something about binging and purging that obviously made me feel like it was a release. It was my way of relieving feelings I didn't want to feel. So it's really uncomfortable to sit with yourself. But it's what has to be done to help you get better. And then just back to uni. So I managed to get through. It was really bad. Um, and I think... I spent so many days upon days of just like not leaving the house and um, I would just just be existing really. I just felt like I wasn't living at all. Um, I just felt like worthless and I didn't see an escape because I was stuck in the flat, in that area, in that course. Um, and I think it's it's like been a massive push for me now though because obviously it wasn't my fault, it was an illness again and but I think it's really pushed me to be the way I am now because I'm really ambitious and I do do things that's out my comfort zone all the time and I have like big dreams and I just go for stuff now. I just don't wait because I just think there was like a lot of times where I've wasted whole days being sort of feeling paralysed and numb because of this and it's just like spurs me on now to go after the stuff I want to do um, that I know I'm capable of as well you know I've got a lot more self-confidence now and I, I believe in myself and sometimes I think oh if I was at uni now I would be so different and I would 
just be authentic and I would just be myself and I'd be confident and I would be unapologetic but these things is put there I guess to grow and, and to encourage other people to you know we'll do it we'll, we'll try and sort of morph into different things when, when we're grown up and I knew it wasn't like my genuine passion but I just done what I had to do to get through and then to get a grade, I didn't get a great grade but I got my honours degree and I didn't fail and I was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I was really, I was quite disappointed with my grade but you know looking back I'm so happy that I actually finished that honours degree and I'm I'm really proud that I got through it and I think my mum and my husband really helped me get through that last bit because I was wanting to leave at Christmas um, and they were like look you've only got another few months to go and the night before my hand in like they were helping me get all my portfolio stuff ready and they were up like all through the night with me and I was trying to finish my dissertation on the way down to hand it in and stuff like that so it's all like memories I can laugh at now and just really grateful for all the support I had um, and then I moved to London because I thought I'll do a fashion I'll still work in fashion but I soon realised that I'm not accepted in that world, or at the time I wasn't. Um, I would go for uh, interviews and things like that, and I would just, it was just like the cliche, like looked up and down as I mentioned, and I just wasn't the image that I think, obviously there's a lot of talented people who work in fashion, but it's all very image based, and I just thought, I'm going to be miserable if I try and stay in this field, and as I said before, I liked being creative but I just didn't feel the natural pull towards designers and uh, I think you have to I think as well there was a lot of um, there was a lot of push, there was a lot of um, an expectation that you had got experience from doing internships and some people would come to London and work in London and do internships in the summers but I mean I had to work so by the time I finished uni, that's the thing with creative degrees. I think if you're doing a degree that you're going to be a nurse or a social worker or a doctor or something that's got a set sort of path, I think going to uni and, and doing the kind of degrees is like good because you're you know you're um, guaranteed a job. But obviously with the creative things like media degrees and and, and fashion or anything creative. It needs to be clearer that I think I had the expectation that I would get, I had my, de my honours degree, so obviously I was capable of doing the subject and I just expected me to get a job. But I found it really difficult because they still wanted all this experience of internships and, you know, if you would get a low level, level paid job, I mean, you'd probably be making cups of coffee and that anyway. And um, I found it. I just felt like I was kind of rejected for the industry and it's, it's that sounds very dramatic but I just felt like it wasn't a right fit for me and um, and I done this like free internship for this stylist woman and it was basically like a skivvy, she didn't pay my, uh, my uh, not accommodation, she didn't pay that obviously, she didn't pay my a wage, she didn't pay my travel, she didn't pay for food expenses and I had, she had me running like around London, just new to the area 
um, chipped me away to Ikea in the pissing down rain with big A1 frames. I mean, literally running around like a skivvy. Um, and I was just like naive and I was new and I was like, oh, it's a job with a stylist. And, you know, just be really careful when you're, um, if you are going to do interns, like I, I don't really believe in people not getting paid. Like I don't think that's acceptable. I think everybody should be getting paid something, even if you're there for quotation marks experience, unless you're going to be guaranteed a job in that industry that's going to be a well-paid salary or it's going to be enough for you to live. I don't believe that people should be expecting um, uni graduates or anybody who's trying to break into an industry to, to be doing all this work for free without a outcome. Because I feel like a lot of people can be taken advantage of, and I certainly was, and I feel quite strongly about that now because of that experience. <clears throat> but at the same time, like everything else, I have learned for that and you know there's bits of it I think oh I would never I would never do that now but you're just naive and you're you're just excited to be in a new city and you think oh this will, this will be really glamorous and it's not but you think it will be and you kind of paint a picture in your head and um I mean I had some awful jobs <laughs> like some awful awful jobs uh and so I think there was a lot going on when I moved to London. I was still struggling with like my weight and um, I don't even like saying struggling my weight because that's like, well, I had, I was, you know, my weight was fluctuating, but I was more struggling with just um, managing to cope with stuff and, um, and just try to work. Like I was so, I remember being 25 and being like, I am going to, I feel like I'm, I'm so trapped. I'm going to scream. I remember phoning my sister being like, like panicking, like I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm so I just I don't know where I'm gonna go. I don't know what I want to be. Um, and she she um linked me up with this like life coach, who was really cool. Like I knew her. She was sort of a friend to a friend, and she was able to give me like just be able to calm me down a bit. And we just spoke through some ambitions I had and and things that you know made me look at things in a different way and. That was part of like the journey of self-discovery. And I think just on that as well, um, for me, I, I'm not ashamed to get guidance and help when I need it. So obviously in the beginning, I went to the GP and I got the counsellor and I had to get counselling again a few years ago. And I'm just, I'm so, un like, I'm just so unashamed about all. Like I don't, I think we've only got the capacity sometimes to deal with stuff ourselves to a certain level and sometimes you know you do need you do need expert advice or I've had like coaches for stuff as well like for a, like the life coaching session I had and I've done little like courses and I'm always reading different um books about uh, I don't know different stuff like our bodies our brains science um holistic stuff you know I'm always like being curious and, and learning so I think sometimes getting external help is really good and it doesn't always have to be the you know if you're really unwell and really struggling then obviously you need to like the medical professional help but especially if you're in a rut with like feel like you're in a rut with life and you want a change 
um, and you feel like maybe I speak to friends and family about it <clears throat> when you're worried that you'll get judged or whatever it is like it's really helpful sometimes to speak to someone who um, has experience in this and who can give you guidance and advice without judgment um, so that's something I would say as well to think about um, if you're feeling like stuck or that you want a, a different route um, that's a really good thing as well to help I'm kind of thinking about starting a, a little book club um, through Patreon maybe um, because I really love I had a little I'd done a little book club with um, three of my good friends through lockdown and I absolutely loved it um, and I really love the goal of like reading a book every month um, I read quite a lot um, but yeah there's there's some books that really helped and some books I'm curious about sort of reading and I don't know I'm thinking about maybe starting a little community with that to see if anybody else would be interested in um, us doing a book together once a month and um, we can maybe go through a lot of the like a non-fiction one I'm thinking and often they've got like sort of actions or things to try at the end of each um, chapter and I don't know I just I think it might be a nice idea I'm still playing with that a little bit but if I might ask sort of the listeners to see if that's something you would be interested in because um, I, I really do want to build a community with this and just have a space for us all to help each other and share and have the best life and just before we go this has been a longer podcast they're getting longer every week because I keep thinking of things that I want to say <laughs> um, but yeah just as a little recap from this episode then so things to think about is let's change our perception of people who have eating disorders um, if that's maybe yourself and you're hearing things and you think oh maybe that's how I felt as well you know there is no shame in it eating disorders comes in all different shapes and sizes and for us as well um, with other things you know it's especially with sort of binge eating or bulimia um, a lot of the time people do look sort of normal size or even overweight so you know that there isn't just a way to look to qualify getting help or you know getting people to take you seriously also just a thing I was um, thinking about as well is when I see like mannequins now in the shops that are different sizes and I see different people being represented whether that's through disabilities or ethnicity I don't know about all yous but I just feel like a huge sense of relief I feel like my shoulders drop and I'm just like thank up above because this world is full of every shape every size every di different type of human and when we see that being represented on um, campaigns or shop windows or social media or it just makes me feel like yes and, and life is about variety and it's more interesting to have people from every walk of life and I just think hopefully we, this just continues to grow um, you know it's it's different from even when I was at uni sort of in 2013 to 14 um, it's not that you don't get the same images in magazines but if I feel something's like 
not good for me, then I'll just block it out, you know, if, if there's, um, like, say, social media channels that are making... It's about being aware of how things are making you feel. So if, I, if I'm looking at something and it's it's making me act a certain way, I kind of step back a bit and I'm like, okay, this is not making me feel good. Um, it's like that thing I was saying last episode about when I was with like groups and then someone would start talking about diets. I started noticing like this is making me feel like a really low vibration and I'm feeling really annoyed or just rubbish or it's like if when I used to show um, people before and after pictures or when I still see them now being shown, um I just oh I just I don't know what it is. I just it just makes me not feel good. So I just kinda like unfollow stuff or I just I'm conscious of how things make me feel. Um you know, and, and I think when I was at uni I was just surrounded by things that weren't making me feel very nice all the time and now that I feel like I have more control and I've got the choice of what I'm seeing it's like done wonders for me um and I think that's a note as well just before we go off uh being aware of how things are making you feel I think this is I was I heard somebody speaking um before and it was about mannequins being different sizes and obviously I was saying, well, you know, I, I was explaining how relieved I am and how, you know, the, the world's full of different people and blah, blah, blah. It was something about that and um, it kind of made me think, if you are triggered by, not, not mannequins, but if you are triggered by something, like just say you see somebody and they're wearing something that maybe you would never wear if you were that size or... Um, somebody's doing something and it's making you feel like annoyed or um, you don't really know why but it's just irritating you or it's just making you feel not very nice just question it because often if, if it is that example just say you see somebody wearing something and like you think oh how oh I could oh you know, why are they wearing that together? Or I don't know what it is. If you're, if you're looking at somebody and that's maybe because you don't have the confidence to to wear what this person is wearing. For example, I don't know. It's just an example. And instead of you like putting that on them, it's good to just look at yourself and think, well, it's maybe because I don't feel confident to, to wear that. So then I'm criticising and it's not you know that's not a, a that's me not like pointing my fingers and telling people off or anything it's just like it's just so good to have self-awareness with stuff like that like it just makes you um think a bit more and helps you understand yourself more and anyway it's been a lovely chat i've enjoyed myself as always um well not always sometimes these episodes are really hard to do and Sometimes I have to sort of go over them again and, and rethink of what I want to say. And um, yeah, I just, I'm going to end the episode there, but I've enjoyed chatting and I hope you all have a lovely week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. If you hear things in these episodes and think, you know, I know exactly who this will benefit, then please share, please spread the word because I want to get this out there to people and the more people I can help, the better. Uh, It's good to chat, it's good to share, it's good to not feel alone. And 
yeah, there's loads of information in the show notes as always, so please have a look there. And lots of love. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Truth From Ruth.